You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group Line Building Studio in West Monroe on this lovely Wednesday morning. Around uh, 8 o'clock or so on Wednesdays, we always love catching up with Michael Federico, the head baseball coach out at ULM. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? Good morning. I'm doing good. Thanks, Aaron. Coach, before we get to some uh, baseball news, uh, the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, spilled the beans on Monday. He was not on Hawk. You were not on Hawk Talk with him. As you were taking care of some business, uh, congratulations. I understand uh, you finally uh, closed on your house in Mississippi, which is uh, big news now that you can kind of get over here full-time or at least get your family over here, correct? Yes, sir. I'm really excited about that. It's uh, you know, It's been a long nine months uh, being separated from my wife and three kids and uh, really excited about getting this done. They're, they're, they're going to stay there and finish up school because there's only you know three and a half weeks left of school, so um, but at least now we've got the, the check-in in our pocket now, and um, you know, hopefully we can find a house. Uh, so that's the next project is try to find a house so that uh, can make Mama happy and get our kids up here and um, get them, you know, engaged into the community. That's been probably the the most difficult part of you know the job. Uh, the mm-hmm. Professionally, it's been an unbelievable year, but you know, from a personal standpoint, um, not to have your family and, and some of those things there, and just some normalcy and getting away from the job a little bit has, has been very difficult. So. Uh, really excited about getting that done, and I appreciate you uh, talking about that. Yeah, I'm sure, Coach Fed, I'm sure at that closing, you walked out of there uh, pump-fisting and, and pretty fired up that that part uh, is now behind you. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, and, and you should have seen the, the ordeal at the, at the closing. It took a little longer than it probably should have, so I was a little nervous. But uh, you're right. We got that check, and uh, we, uh, we deposited really quick. <laughs> We'll move on to the next thing, but uh, again, just really excited about getting them up here and again getting them engaged into the community. Um, I've got three kids, uh, you know, that they'll be in uh, seventh, fifth, and um, first grade next year, and I know they're looking forward and anxious to meeting new friends and all that kind of stuff. So I know we've got some big challenges ahead because you know moving moving children is not always fun in the coaching realm, and I've been lucky I haven't had to do that. But uh, again, I think this is a great community to be able to move into, especially to raise a family. And that's a big reason why I wanted to take this job as well, because I felt like it was a, you know, a place that would be, um, you know, easy to, uh, you know, adapt to and adjust to. And, and the people here have been great so far, but now it's, you know, trying to get them settled in. And one final thing on this topic, and I'm sure you'll be happy to be as much as you've enjoyed the dorm life to get out of the dorms <laughs> and of course have your own house. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's been, uh, you know, appreciate the university allowing, you know, me to stay on campus. And, um, you know, I, I guess in the recruiting side of it, I can, I can, you know, sell kids on, on what it's like to live on campus and how to navigate the campus a little bit. So, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you got to crawl before you can walk. And I've definitely been doing that, uh, you know, living in the dorms. But, uh, you know, you got to just, you got to find the positives in every experience. I think the good Lord puts us in places for a reason. And, uh, you know, sometimes I don't understand what's going on and why it's taking so long. But at the same time, um, I know that he has a plan, and I'm trusting that process. All right, Coach Fed, uh, let's break down a couple games. Uh, we start with uh, last night, a game that had several different 
momentum swings in it, but ultimately you fall to McNeese seven to three in extra innings. I know in the loss, several players uh, stood out. Your biggest takeaways from uh, the defeat last night to the Cowboys at home? Well, I thought Robert Scott Faust came in and uh, you know a tough jam. Uh, Morrison, our our starter, uh, you know he hung a couple zeros, but he had a couple feet too many walks in there, and um, we're able to bring Robert Scott in. I think it was his third or fourth appearance on the year, and mm-hmm. brought him into a tough jam with the bases loaded, and um, he got us out of that. And, you know, he hung he hung two or three zeros there, got us through the fifth, and um, we were able to go to the you know the bullpen after that. But uh, really proud of him. Um, you know, he started off a little bit slow for us in, in, in the early spring, having some, some little bit of arm in, arm troubles. I won't say it's injuries, but, um, you know, and, and Robert's one of those guys that um, he, he's been a longtime football player. I don't even know if he really thought he would play college baseball and just a tremendous athlete. And uh, it was neat to see him come into that jam and hang a couple of zeros. He did a great job. and We had to take him out because we wanted to have him ready for the weekend as well. Um I thought Chad Bell finally comes up with a really big, you know, two-out hit. We um, had runners at first and second to start the inning, and um, we don't get a bunt down, and then we strike out with runners at second and third. And uh, Bell ended up, um, you know, getting a, a bases bases clearing um, double that kind of put us up three to nothing. And you know, proud of him because he's been he's been ha- having a lot of opportunities with runners in scoring position, and we, we've been struggling in that capacity. But uh, it was good to see that. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, there, there's times it's just it's ebbs and flows with, with how we're playing at times. And But uh, really proud of those two guys there. And I think, you know, I felt like Derek Martin did a great job out of the bullpen as well. And I thought Spencer Hemfield caught a really good game last night. So uh, just disappointing that we didn't get the win. We had, had the chance to, to, you know, get it was in our hands um, with one out in the ninth inning. And, um, you know, we ended up, they ended up tying the game and, of course, winning in an extra inning. And then, of course, over the weekend, uh, you drop two or three to App State. You win the middle game five to nothing. But the other two games, you certainly had some issues offensively. What were the biggest concerns against App State and that pitching staff? Yeah, you know, the, the encouraging thing on the weekend for us was I thought that was probably the best three games that we've pitched, um, you know, in a mm-hmm. series. And we gave our, our, you know, our team a chance to win because we pitched so well um, the entire weekend. And, um, you know, we just couldn't. I think we left uh, 12, 10, and, and uh, 11 on base over the three-game span. You know, we, we were getting runners on. We were It wasn't that we weren't getting hits and, you know, we were taking our walks, but we just weren't moving the baseball. That's the issue with us, Aaron, in the last probably two, three weeks has been just moving the baseball with runners in scoring position, especially runners at third, less than two outs, and, you know, doesn't matter if you're playing little league or you know in the big leagues. You got to be able to try to move the baseball. You know strikeouts and, and pop-ups in the infield. Um, just you know you, you can't survive doing that. You've got to be able to score runs, and it doesn't have to be always with hits. As you and I have talked before, you know we won a game a few weeks ago, one to nothing, and, and only had one one hit in the game. You know, so we, we've just got to find ways to navigate runs. Um, we had some situations where we tried to you know safety squeeze. We tried to do some some different things to to just get a run across the plate and um you know we haven't handled that situational hitting well enough and um you know we, we're banged up and there's no excuse for from that standpoint some guys got are getting an opportunity to play that haven't got a, a number of that bats um but at the, at the same time we we have to execute those things and it's got to be that next man up approach and um you know again we, we've got to get better in those capacities if we want to 
you know, get to that conference tournament, which we're still in, you know, contention to do that right now. We've got four weeks left, two at home, two on the road, and, you know, this is going to be, you know, a huge, you know, next 12 games uh, based off a conference, and, um, you know, we've got to set ourselves up. So hopefully we can get healthy and, um, you know, get ready to, uh, ready to you know, tackle uh, Coastal Carolina this weekend. ULM head baseball coach Michael Federico joins us on the Stuart Shelby hotline for his weekly visit. Uh, coach, you've mentioned his name several times this year, just the leadership that he's provided in the locker room. Will Daniels, formerly of uh, St. Frederick, this past weekend he got some playing time, and, uh, boy, did he produce. He did. Uh, you know, he had another big night last night, too. I feel like he barreled up a couple balls. Um, you know, it's always amazing. You know, there's always – couple seniors that you never know which way they're going to go their senior year if they're going to they're going to hold on and and ride this thing out in a a positive note or if they're you know some guys aren't playing as a senior and they're going to just kind of go the other way and just be content that you know they've they've played their college career but man will has been tremendous for us Um, you know i can speak about him you know as far as playing this weekend yeah he barreled up some balls had some rbis scored some runs but the, the leadership that he's been doing in in the you know the locker room and in the you know off the field has been the most impressive thing about the young man. He's uh, he's a winner in every capacity. Um, he's never bigger than the moment. Um, he, he's a team first guy, and uh, he's going to be a very very successful man in the, in the in the real world when when he gets there. He already has a job lined up to. Uh, moved to Dallas Arlington area um, after the season's over with. So, you know, you're talking about a guy that's about to graduate in two, three weeks. And, um, you know, his baseball career is going to come to an end, but he's already, you know, got his professional, you know, life kind of in order. And, and that's, you know, that's what we want, you know, because not every one of our guys is going to get a chance to play professionally, but uh, they are going to be professionals in some capacity and, and will displays that every day. And, and uh, he's going to be a successful in life. Coming up this weekend, uh, you travel to Coastal Carolina. It's always a tough series. They're now 28-14 and 14 overall, 14-4 and four in conference play. Obviously, they're playing some pretty good baseball, Coach Fitt. They are. You know, I mean, great facilities. Um, you know, they, they've, they're, they're winners. They've, they've won everywhere they've been in the other conferences that they were. Uh, of course, they're coming off of a national championship a couple years ago. So, you know, they've got a little bit of mojo that's going. Um, you know, they're playing – um, right now, a little bit different reasons than we are because they, they're, they're trying to get into that regional hunt. And they're trying to get into, um, you know, the, the, the dance, so to speak, to, to get to Omaha again. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to fight and survive to, to get just into the conference tournament. So, you know, you got two different teams that are kind of trying to accomplish the same things. And, um, you know, we've got to be able to show up and, and be ready to go. And, uh, you know, I, I know our guys will be, you know, up for that challenge you know you never know how it is Aaron you know sometimes when you're playing a you know a ranked opponent like we were a couple weeks ago against Arkansas you get up different for that compared to uh, um, you know a team like no offense to App State but you know they were behind us in the standings and the psyche of kids you just never know and you know the thing that I keep trying to explain to our guys is every, every we can be in every game we can play with any team in the country but we got to find ways to beat every team in the country too and this is going to be a you know a huge challenge um got a long bus ride that we'll, we'll leave this afternoon to try to break the trip up a little bit so you know the wear and tear of the body the psyche of the mind after losing the game last night um you know they're winding down with with classes and you know they've got papers and, and tests that are coming up so you know there, there's a lot at stake it's not just the physical part of the, the game but some of it's the mental side of it and um, we've got to be sharp 
um, to be able to compete with those guys this weekend and, and, and try to find a way to win the weekend. Good luck this weekend on the road, Coach. As always, we appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Talk to you next week, buddy. Coach Michael Federico out at ULM. Uh, it always, every year I pull up and it's around this time and I go in the stadium and I'm driving up, like, whoa, there's a lot of people on campus, a lot of cars around the stadium. And then you realize it's that one game when they give free crawfish to the students. So uh, literally, I reported 1,441 there last night. It's cool. You just get that vibe when you're on campus and yeah. see all the students around. It also, once again, hammers home how old I'm getting. But, you know. There were a lot of people mingling around the ballpark. It was good to see. Yeah, you get a little excited, and then you have to remember, oh, yeah, free coffee. <laughs> That'll bring them out there. Absolutely. It was a good game last night, too. Yeah. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, we'll talk a little high school baseball. Neville's Paul Guerrero will join us at 830. Morning drive. <laughs> Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklins. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. Jake's getting a little agitated during the commercial breaks, but that's nothing new. Hey, you just don't understand what I'm trying to tell you. We were talking about, you said you feel bad for Adam Schefter this time of year. Because, listen, this is why, because he does a remarkable job at what he does, the best in the business. But he has a lot of pressure on him to produce now, not day by day, but literally hour by hour, minute by minute, minute to be on minute. top of all this stuff. 
and he, I can un, he's probably getting so many different co- conflicting stories and reports. So then he has got to put out a tweet. And now you got to be out there on social media so much. Which way, you know, the top four teams are going to go in the draft. Then he's got to come back and he's got to kind of cover his butt also. Yeah. And what we disagreed on, as I said, I used to mute him during the NFL draft because he would spoil it. But I don't remember him doing it as much in recent years. Mm-hmm. It used to be really bad. And anyway, you said, oh, yeah, I have a chance to do it yet this year. I was talking about the last couple of years. Marcel joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. What's on your mind, bud? Appreciate y'all taking my call. Good morning to you. Uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to the Jonesboro Hodge Lady Tigers track team yeah. who ran away with the Region 1 Class A girls track meet held at Cedar Creek yesterday. I- I heard you got one girl that's just outstanding. One girl that was uh, the outstanding performer. And she needs one of your T-shirts, buddy. She has, last year she she was MVP of the state in double-A, winning 36 points. Every meet this year she has swept the 100, 200, long jump and triple jump. She set new school, Jonesboro Hodge and Jackson Parish school records at and four District 1A meet records last week. Uh, I don't have the results from today, from yesterday yet to see if she reset any new records. Uh, but once again, Jones Hodge will go down to the Class A track meet as the prohibitive favorite. They were the public school champion last year, the only school in the top five that wasn't a, quote, select school or a private school uh, in AA. And... Hasn't lost. She hasn't lost a single race, a single jump, or a single meet this year. Just it's wow. one of those once in a uh, generation type athletes, and certainly well deserving of any notoriety she can get. Uh, her name is again Capricia Talents. Ironically, the records she broke were done by her aunt forty years ago, Clotilde Talents, who. Became famous at Northeast Louisiana, running track at Northeast Louisiana as well. But certainly one of the better athletes you'll ever see uh, in girls' athletics and uh, uh, definitely deserves one of your Aaron Aces t shirts. <laughs> uh, she a senior? She a senior, sir? She's a senior, yes. She's oh, a senior. Awesome. She has won, she has swept over the last two years, the only time she didn't. We had all four events at every single meet that she competed in was at the state meet where she finished first in, in both fields and second in both sprints. Uh, also, a little girl from Ruston last year beat her in the 100 uh, at the rest of, at the Hoss Garrett Invitationals last year. But that's the only time she's ever tasted defeat on the track uh, in the last two years. And then she came in second barely in both of those. Awesome. Thanks for the tip. Thanks for the info. Uh, we will be down there very soon. Appreciate y'all and everything y'all do. Thank Bye. You. Marcel, with uh, good information there. Roger says, I'd love to see a TV segment on Caprissa. Sounds like a great story. It'll happen. There you go. We'll make it happen. I know you will, Aaron. Early uh, next week. Uh, so the reason why we got off on this whole Adam Schefter thing is because we were talking about journalists. And Trent Dilfer, I don't know where he's at today. But I think this might irritate some of you or, or I don't know, might entertain some of you. He went on Saturday Down South's podcast yesterday mm-hmm. and had this little nugget. I'm going to read his quote. 
People said that I'm being hyperbolic with this comment. But I being think what? Hyperbolic. All right. But I think Tua could go through his college career and never lose a game. I think he's that kind of talent with the right supporting cast. Uh-huh. I honestly could envision an Alabama team that beats everybody 50-3 to with Tua as the quarterback. I just think he's that good. Hmm. Odds of Tua never losing a football game. Huh. Pulling a Randall Mackey. <laughs> Randall <laughs> Mackey at Baxter. <laughs> Didn't exactly work out. Yeah. Well, it did for Randall Mackey. He never lost a game at Baxter. He went three years in a row. But speaking of Tua, I mean, what about the supporting cast? I, I, that's just – and what, what, how much does he know about college football, Prendell? I'm sure he knows a lot because I think he does some yeah. NFL draft work. Yeah. So – I think it's just one of those. He knows You don't even know where he's located or what he's doing now, and you can throw something out there, and then all of a sudden he's making headlines. Two in Alabama yeah. going undefeated for the next two years. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. Yes. <laughs> something to discuss. Something to get under people's skin. Yes. Anyway, what we really wanted to talk about here was a couple things. First, in NBA news, your beloved NBA, Aaron, have you seen this about Russell Westbrook where he could possibly, possibly be suspended for game five of the Thunder Jazz game? There's no way the NBA does this. Well, we'll see because the NBA has a rule where – if you leave a bench for an altercation, you will get a one-game suspension. Now, there was a bit of a gray area here because in game four, Raymond Felton and Rudy Gobert were getting into it. Russell Westbrook was waiting to get checked into the game, and that's when Westbrook came over and kind of got involved. Now, uh, he and Gobert kind of swiped at each other. There was nothing nothing ruled on the court, but people are asking the NBA to look at this and see if he was actually checked in, which it's hard to tell if he was or not, and that's why there's a gray area. If he was checked in, obviously there's no foul. But if he wasn't, he technically left the bench hmm. and technically deserves to be suspended for game five. So keep an eye out for this. Yeah, but the NBA is going to suspend one of the biggest players that they have, the guy that continues to generate plenty of news on sports talk and headlines. It's not going to happen. I'm just saying, keep keep an eye on this story. It, it could happen. I mean, you know, Draymond Green, remember that whole ordeal a couple of years ago. Um, so never say never. But odds are, no, he'll, he'll be playing for sure. Uh, one thing in the NBA now we get to look forward to, we got the Pels versus the Warriors. I believe game one is now set for Saturday. You look at this matchup, and, of course, traditionally what it's been like for New Orleans versus Golden State. Got to remember, uh, they broke that streak uh, back in April of losing to the Warriors. I think they had lost 20 of their last 21 games against the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Were able to put that streak to an end uh, in the first week of April. What does that mean? I don't know. But they haven't won a game in Oracle Arena since 2012, speaking of the franchise, the Pels. Well, I think it means something because they didn't have Steph Curry, and we're still not sure if the Warriors are going to have Steph Curry for game one or game two. And KD was going at them. It wasn't like the Warriors took them lightly. You know, I remember that game. KD was very aggressive. 
Uh, so I think you can take a positive away from that. Plus, you look at how the Pelicans played in that Blazers series and how they're feeling about themselves and how playoff Rondo is indeed a thing. I don't know, man. I give them a chance. Curry hasn't played since a sprain his MCL on March 23rd. Uh, several reports that he has been participating in non-contact drills, but on Sunday, Steve Kerr's quote was on Curry, quote, not playing anytime soon. Yeah, and I don't know if this is him just kind of playing mind games or if he's actually telling the truth, the fact that Curry's not close to returning. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going on inside that, that organization. But ultimately, Pelican's just going to have to go out there and do it. And, hey, they're, they've developed this chemistry. They're hot right now. They're playing good defense. I give them a shot. I'm not saying they're going to go out there and beat the Warriors in this series. But I'm saying I think it'll be a lot more competitive than that sweep we saw a couple of years ago. Mm. Golden State made uh, 926 three-pointers this year. You would have thought that would be pretty high, but uh, just eighth in the NBA. But of those three-pointers that they shot, they made 39% of them, which ranks them number one in the association. Quint says, Pell start time in limbo because possible Celts and Bucks game seven will be on Saturday also if needed. And Ty says, LeBron calling out Lance for flopping. That's real funny coming from LeBron. Well, and in the case for y'all who didn't know, uh, LeBron received a tech because he was walking back to his bench and that little gnat, Lance, was uh, hovering around him, bugging him. And uh, LeBron did push him, but it didn't like a very forceful push, and Lance went flying. Three games last night, Golden State uh, closed out uh, the Spurs winning by eight. Philadelphia also moving on. The process is real. 104-91 yeah. to 91 against Miami. Uh, afterwards, the big discussion was Dwayne Wade, though, and would he be retiring? And Wade said, I'm in Philadelphia. I'm giving you no headlines. <laughs> Are you tired of Kevin Hart's TV time yet? A little bit. They show him quite a bit during those games. That's going to get old real quick. Uh, Boston over Milwaukee last night. They now lead that series three games to two. There you go. Let's talk a little uh, high school baseball coming up after the break. Uh, the defending 4A state champs, Neville, with a, uh, how would you describe that win last night? A win. <laughs> a win was, in the first round. It was a win. Coach Guerrero, Paul Guerrero from Neville, joins us after the break. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road car king. Broken windows are no fun. A car that's baking inside from summer sun is even worse. Oh. 
Well, Magic Glass and Tent of West Monroe can handle both those problems. From one-day service on replacing your windshield, to repairing power windows, to professional window tinting for your car, home, or business, Magic Glass does it all. Magic Glass and Tent, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Give them a call at 330-9988. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the show. The first round of the high school baseball playoffs now in the books. We get to look forward to some second-round matchups. Quite frankly, Jake, uh, first round, uh, Northeast Louisiana. Not great. Took some uh, bumps and bruises, especially in 5A, where all three teams were eliminated in the first round. 4A ranks, of course. Fared a lot better. West Washita, Franklin Parish with a surprising win last night as a number 26 seed there advancing on. And the defending 4A state champs, the Neville Tigers, march on by winning a 6-5 to five speaker. Paul Greer, Neville's head coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Good. How are you guys doing? Should we call you defending champs, or is that just one of those uh, media things, considering this is a completely different team and a new year? Oh, I, I think it's a completely new year, and uh, yeah, I mean we don't we don't really uh, consider ourselves defending champs at this point because there's just so much stuff that's completely different about this year. But uh, hey, it's always good to hear hear what uh, you've done in the past, I guess. And what's interesting about the parallels, though, is last year we saw you go on this run. You know, kind of struggled early and then went on that run and obviously went on to win that Class 4A state championship. And this year, it kind of felt like the same thing. You know, you, you struggle early, you get hot toward the end of the year, you win last night in the first round. Is it is it history repeating itself? I'm sure you hope it is. Well, I tell you, it, it, it's funny that I, I really don't see it as the same as last year because I really think we, we kind of – we didn't play as well early as early this year i mean we we kind of suffered all the way through of course going into the playoffs with a losing record uh, this year i think more than anything is what what uh what we keep telling the kids is it hadn't have been so much about winning as much as coming back from losing and we keep you know, we, we would we would get better make a little ground uh and, you know, and then lose a little ground i guess but uh we you're right you know we have in the last two weeks found a way to to get some stuff together and, and get going in the right direction. And hopefully we can kind of make that same type story that uh, we had last year. All right, Paul, knowing you and being uh, the ultra competitor, when you start the season with a three and 10, how rough was that on you and how stressed out were you? I, I'll tell you that this, this has been one of the most emotionally draining years I've had in a while. Just, you know, just trying to get the guys to stay relentless. And, and of course, you know, it, it's funny that you mentioned one of the things that's good about last year was the fact that we started slow and finished good. You know, I mean, I, we said it probably two or three times. Hey, guys, that is not the magic formula to win a state championship. So <laughs> if y'all are trying to match the formula from last year, that, that's a, that's not a, a, a magic uh, potion. And uh, we kind of said that. And, then, of course, we got to the point where we were in that same predicament. And uh, I can tell you, it's, it's been <clears throat> it's been rough on me. It's been rough on the kids, too, because there's a lot of them that had 
success, especially towards the end of last year, that uh, you know that they're rolling in and, and throwing against Barb and and Sulphur and Turling's Catholic, and um, it, it's we played a brutal, brutal first half of the year schedule, and uh, you know one of those deals that that uh, we're glad to get through it, and hopefully that it'll pay off for us. In hindsight, would you have done it differently, uh, knowing what you had returning in the schedule that you guys faced early in the year? You know, that's, I've asked myself that several times, and I guess what, what it comes down to is, you know, you go, you go, to, you pick these tournaments that you go to, and you really don't get to pick who you play in those tournaments. Mm-hmm. And so, more, more than anything, I guess it's picking the right tournament because, you know, like we go to Sulphur the first uh, first weekend of the season, and you know, everybody always says, "Man, y'all, y'all play a brutal schedule. They can't give y'all uh, anybody." And you look, and there is no body in that tournament that that is one of those kind of uh, step down type teams and uh, so I guess it kind of depends on what tournaments you go to and I mean we had every pitcher back from this year I guess what uh, we didn't we didn't really realize at the time early on was offensively we lost some guys that knew how to play our offense and we, we've really had to teach a lot of guys that uh that were good hitters, I guess, and, and, and good players. We kind of had to teach them how to play our offense, and, and they, they're just now kind of coming into that, and hopefully we can see the, the fruits of it here on the stretch. Following up on that, how would you define your offense? Uh, we, we're going to create chaos, I guess, is the best way to, to put it. You know, we're, we're trying to uh, create chaos for the, for, the team, for the defensive team and, you know, steal bases, slash, drag, you know, safety squeeze, whatever we can, kind of pull out uh, anything we can uh, to put ourselves in position. And um, and it's something I think that, that the kids have now have really bought into. And, of course, mixing in with that, uh, you know, last year you look at some of the guys that, that, uh, that we had with some pop, too, you know, like Cole McCarty and uh, some of those guys, and we've had to kind of get some guys defined into those roles this year, and uh, I think we've done it, you know. It's, it's just uh, it's kind of finding, I guess, the right mix of it. Yeah, and speaking of chaos, uh, last night when I talked to you after the game, you were not too pleased with the way your team played, but still came out with the 65 victory against Franklinton. At the end of the day, do you just look at it as, you know what, a win is a win, or you know, how did you feel about that, that victory last night? I don't think we played our best at all. I think uh, I don't think it was Connor Wiley's best best uh, appearance on the mound. One of the great positive was Cole Clary came in and gave us a great shot. Uh, you know when he came to the mound, but offensively, I mean we had situations where we had terrible at bats and we still scored a run. You know on a pass ball or whatever the case may be. But uh, <laughs> what we tell them more than anything is, great teams find a way to win when they don't play their best. And the fact that we were able to get through it, uh, not playing our best and find a way to win the game is, is a positive to help us move in the right direction and, and towards being a championship-type team. Playoffs now move to a best-of-three series in the second round. Uh, you are number 14 seed. You get a matchup against the three-seed DeRitter. What do you know about them? How challenging of a series will this be? Uh, it's going to be a very challenging series. Uh DeRitter is is a very good team. You know, Coach Menard at Menitter, at at uh, DeRitter, his son is the is their best pitcher, a left hander. He's a sophomore, 
and I've kind of watched them all throughout the year. Pretty much most every time he pitches, they seem to win. And uh, it's funny, it kind of mirrors a little bit of uh, our series last year with Benton as far as uh, we're going into it. They have one real good left-handed pitcher that's going to probably try to set the tone with with uh, you know, with their team. And, and so our kids are kind of used to that fact. But uh, they had a guy last night that threw seven innings shut out uh, in the first round. So they, they've got some good pitchers. And if you look at, you look at some of their kids, they've got some big kids and I know from reading some of the articles that they've kind of, you know, last year they, they, they were kind of on the brink of it, and they knew coming back this year that they had some pretty good players coming back, and I think they feel like this is their year to make a run. Uh, Coach, I know a lot of coaches are very superstitious about their lineup, uh, and you get Andrew Cagle back. This was actually his second game back last night, and you don't hesitate to put him in that leadoff spot. Was there any hesitation at all uh, from the coaching staff saying, hey, look, I know we're about to enter the playoffs, but we're going to put this guy uh, back at leadoff? Uh, never. Um, I mean, I think we kind of felt like uh, when he did come back that uh, you know he was the guy that was going to help us. Uh, we had some guys that were batting out of position in the order, and we knew that if he could come back, uh, he could help us do that. And, and, and also – Andrew coming back kind of creates some competition for some guys and some playing time. And we knew that that would kind of help us because the competition at spots is always good, um, good for you. And we were able to move Michael Haynes, who did an awesome job for us at shortstop. We were able to move him back out to the outfield and, uh, and into the two hole. And that helped us. And, and of course, Andrew and his first seven at bats for us, he's got six quality uh, at bats and, and his first seven at bats back, so we're pleased with with uh, with his performance for sure. Neville head baseball coach Paul Guerrero joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Paul, refresh my memory. Uh, you guys go to a best of three series now. Uh, DeRitter, do they get to now host all three games? How, how does this play out? Yeah, they get to host all all three games, but uh, you know they'll be home team the first game. Uh, we'll be home team the second game at their place. And then, uh, and if there is a third game, they would be home team again. Uh, inside your district, it was a, a nice first round considering uh, West Washita wins. And then last night, Franklin Parish pulled a pretty big upset as a number twenty six seed. They're moving on thanks to a fourteen to seven victory. And on their side of the bracket, uh, Rain also with a victory as a number twenty three seed. They knocked off uh, Selman. So now a twenty six versus twenty three in the second round of four A postseason. I guess you're not surprised about West Washita, but what about the Patriots and what they did in the opening round? I mean, honestly, I'm I'm not a whole lot surprised about uh, about Franklin Parish. I think they're probably one of the one of the most underrated teams in in playoffs. Uh, you know, we played them and, and had three pretty good games with them. They've got three guys on the mound that compete every time they get out there. Uh, you know, they've they've got guys that'll that'll get after it every at bat at the plate and. and you know, Rick and them do a good job, and, and Franklin Parish, they're 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 kind of improving that baseball program a pretty good bit. They're building the indoor facility, and um, I think that they got a lot of guys. Uh, I think it was four guys that transferred over from the local private school there, and, and they got things going in the right direction. Uh, I guess the biggest surprise: uh, thirty-one seed Westgate eliminates Tioga from the postseason yesterday. Yes, that was a that was a uh, a surprise for sure, and and the thing that's probably most surprising is that uh, Tioga's eighth Dylan Coburn threw the whole game, so it wasn't like he tried to throw off and and get by without him. 
but uh, yeah, that was a that was a huge win for Westgate. Coach, uh, good luck in the second round. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you uh, next week. Sounds good. Appreciate you guys. Paul Gray, Neville Head Baseball Coach. Yeah, the the four A brackets looking like March Madness brackets right now. It's just upsets everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I found it interesting though uh, about the Andrew Cagle kid, him coming back. He's just a sophomore, by the way. He's going to be a really good player for them. But he was three for three last night. But the fact that you know you know how superstitious these guys are to to bring him back and put him at the leadoff spot. Well, when didn't Paul have those shoes last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the white shoes <laughs> yeah, that he I should have went there. That should have been. I the forgot thought. about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They went on a winning streak with those uh, white shoes. Yeah. They were sharp. They were they were something. <laughs> and you mentioned you were at the game. Uh, it got off to such an odd start and a horrible start with the uh, errors, of course, that led to some runs early for Franklinton. It, it was just we, they were kind of throwing it all over the place. It just wasn't a uh, typical ball that you're used to seeing from Paul Guerrero teams. But like he said, when Cole Clary came in, it all kind of settled down. And I just think, you know, you, at the end of the day, you get the victory. And that's that's all you need. And, yes, you have to go to Deritter. And aside from the kid that he was talking about, heard they have another kid that's a really good arm on the mound. So that's going to be a really tough series to win. But you return every pitcher from a state championship team. You know, I think there's something to be said about that. I, I wouldn't count Neville out of that out of that series. Plus, you, you look and you see all these upsets that took place in the first round. Who's to say Neville, the defending champion, can't go down and knock off number three, Dritter? It is a little deceiving when you see a best-of-three series, so you think you're going to get at least one game at home. And I know the logistically why you cannot do yeah, that, but uh, they will be literally at Dritter if this thing goes three games for three games. And uh, I can't remember the team, but last year in the playoffs, remember Neville lost a Friday game against a team that was seated higher, and then they won that doubleheader on that Saturday. Uh-huh. I, I I think it was over in Benton, wasn't it? It was Benton. It sure yeah. was Benton. Yeah. So they listen, and again, they have so many kids on this team that played on that team last year. So uh, experience goes a long way. All right. Coming up next, our parting shots. We put a bow on the morning drive. One more opportunity for you to hit us up on the Stuart Shelby text line, 888-993-7762. We're back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. 
Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. Jake promises to end the show strong. I do. <laughs> show some confidence like these uh, NFL quarterback prospects. Yeah. We got to do the part. You need to be a little bit, a little bit more like Baker, right? Like Josh Rosen. Oh, uh, that brings us to our parting shots. Look here, look here, Blondie. God, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. And you and Nick up there, your little punch and juice show, y'all kind of made fun of it. Went on to the next subject. I don't know why we can't understand that. And y'all treat me like garbage. Well, I don't really care to answer the critic. Y- y'all trumped up all over me. Wrong. That is absolutely wrong. I'm a crowd pleaser. That's what I do. I try to play to my crowd. And I don't really care about that. It's the end of the conversation. Thank you very much. Have a great day. That may be my favorite party. It's show. really good. Can Tommy Tharp host a show by himself when we're both out? Just him running the whole show. Just a two-hour show of him talking. You want the show to continue, right? <laughs> uh, just a thought. He needs somebody to provoke him. He needs somebody to needle him a little. You don't think these texts will provoke him? I don't know. Uh, I bet some people would give him some texts. All right, so uh, of course we're going to talk about the NFL drafts because it's NFL draft week, and I got to tell you. I don't like any of these quarterbacks. What do you mean, like per- personally? I don't, I don't or really care for any of them. On the field? On the field, off the field. I don't like any of them. You don't like Baker? Yeah, if you like a guy out there grabbing his crotch, that's your guy. Then just okay. Like, well, I, I met on the field, and that's yeah, right. he's fiery. I, I get. I you go back and you look. I'm and, talking about his play. I'm yes, not talking about yeah. personality. I'm talking about I love the I way. I think Baker I just plays. have fatigue about these four guys at this point. Well, Except sure. Lamar Jackson. We, you know, he's Who's the one. The afterthought? He's the one that gets left out of the conversation. Who I, you know what? I think he's picked before fifteen. I, I, I'm going to say that. Anyway. Back to Josh Rosen. Back to Josh Rosen. Um, I like this quote. You might not. We'll discuss it after. But we're about to play a clip of Josh Rosen. He was asked about Sam Darnold and how he's been kind of the – Playing number, second fiddle. Playing second fiddle to Sam Darnold. In and, his shadow. In his shadow. And Josh Rosen starts with a politically correct answer. He gets he gets going with that. Does he say Dude. He does say dude a couple <laughs> times, I think. But he, he starts going with the politically correct answer, and then he kind of stops himself and I guess just has this internal monologue saying, you know what, I'm just going to let it rip here. And this is what it sounded. It sounded a decent fantastic. chance you're number one. I don't care. Uh, I just want to go to a team. I mean, you know, but my entire life. would you be surprised? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really – I'm not paying attention to all that stuff very much. I mean, I've always been the number two guy. Uh, I mean, coming out, of, coming out of high school, Ricky Town was the dude. Uh, he was going to SC. I was going to UCLA. Um, he was number one in the country. I was number two. And he was going to bring USC back to the promised land. Um, Blake Barnett, he, after, after Ricky kind of faded away a little bit, Blake Barnett was the elite, elite 11 MVP. He was the dude that was going to go to Bama, win a couple championships, and call quits, go to the league as a first overall pick. I don't really, you don't really hear about him too much. Um, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, these dudes that are these um, exotic, cool, like flashy quarterbacks, um, that number one pick, all this stuff. And I'm number two, and you know what? I'm gonna sit here. And in a couple of years, um, when all is said and done, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that I'll be, I'll, I'll still be standing. Ooh, I like it. 
I love it. Three anytime you can have three dudes references in a span of what forty eight seconds. First of all, I forgot about Ricky Town. I remember he was all the rage coming out of high school. Just throws him under the bus. Throws him under. I don't think you hear about him anymore. You're right. I forgot about him. And then Blake Barnett. How'd that work out at Bama? You know, I love that quote. Team Hot Tub, baby. Look, and, and honestly, Rosen has the, – the one thing that should concern you about Rosen is his injury history. But if you look specifically at the injuries, they're not – how do I say it? I, I'm not a doctor, obviously. But they're not uh, injuries that are prone to be re-injured, mm. if that makes sense. They're a fluke. I don't want to call it a fluke. I mean, he got injured, but it's not one of those reoccurring injuries that you worry about in, in, in the NFL mm. when you're looking. So as much as it, I think you should point out the fact that he's been injured and missed a lot of games because of injuries, but I also think you should take that with a grain of salt and also look at it a little bit deeper and say – we probably should talk to the Saul Grays about this earlier, but um, it, the fact that you know you look at it and, it and it's just not one of those reoccurring injuries, and that he should be fine in the NFL. And so, because of that, if he's healthy, I think we all look at his arm and go, "Man, this guy." I mean, you remember his first game, his very first game, he lit the college football world on fire. He made a name for himself in his debut, and he's been he's had up and down performances since then. He hasn't had the greatest coaching. Uh, he hasn't had the greatest. Uh, Ooh, throwing Jim Moore under the bus. A little bit, yeah. They've wow. underachieved, man. With the talent that they've had, they've underachieved. You, you can't put it any other way. I don't know what's what went on internally, but with the talent, like getting guys like So-So, and, I mean, you just never really saw these guys blossom into the athletes that they were in high school. I mean, we used to look at those recruiting uh, classes and go, man, you watch out for UCLA, and it just never happened. Now, Rosen's injury certainly, you know, that certainly was a big part of that too. But anyway, I, I, I do like – I say all this to say I, I do like Rosen, but I would pick Baker Mayfield over him in a heartbeat. So, yes, he is second fiddle in my mind. He carries a large chip on his shoulder now as he goes to the NFL draft. The other thing everybody says he's not that great of a teammate, and you look at some of his history and how he was brought up, and then, of course, the fact that he was basically, they called him a tennis prodigy. Does that have something to do with the fact, you know, the team concept? He he was in an individual sport. So, you know, it's got to develop as he goes through. Yeah, and and the whole hot tub thing, I made reference to that. The fact that he had a hot tub in his dorm room as a freshman. If you could get away with yeah, it, why, why not? not? Exactly. People were hating on him for that. So uh, what are we doing tomorrow? We're gonna. So basically, McShay and Kuiper, they basically are throwing darts up on the wall for the top ten. I think they got like literally four right last year, right? Doc says Cleveland sucks, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's the second reference this week. They got four wrong. They got four right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, last year, but so we're going to put their top ten projections against, up ours. against ours, and we're going to see how we fare come Friday morning. That sounds good. All right. uh, yeah, we'll both do our mock drafts. I'll try to. So th- if we beat them, we can call ourselves a draft expert for the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh, draft expert. I'm going to take this homework very seriously. I'm going to add it to my Twitter bio, draft expert. <laughs> but uh, no, I nailed three of the ten picks. <laughs> That's better than two. Uh, 
No, but I actually listened to the, the McShay podcast I was telling you about, and he talked about how difficult it is. And really, it's kind of like March Madness brackets, if you think about it. I mean, how many people have missed on those brackets? These these drafts, you don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what the one and two pick is going to be. Right. And that could throw – that's a domino effect, man. That could throw everything out of whack. So I don't hold that against these guys. I do think they know their stuff a, a good portion of the time. But, yeah. When was the last time – and I know you brought this up yesterday – that we had this much drama or suspense going into who the number one and number two would be? You know, I think back to Andrew Luck, RG3, I know we knew going in, but for a long time that was the debate, who should be number one. And so I'd probably go back to that. Uh, Was it Mario Williams at Houston and then, of course, Reggie Bush? We found out the the day before on that one too, though. And, I mean, New Orleans, it was big for New Orleans because, remember, Saints fans were going crazy that night and that morning. And then when it actually happened, it was a big, big deal. Um, so maybe tonight something will be leaked or we'll have a better understanding of what Cleveland t- expected to do with the number one. Hopefully not. I don't want that to be spoiled. I, I don't want to know going in because that is really, really uh, fun television. Uh, it's been kind of a tradition on uh, draft day. Uh, Thomas Morstead has literally joined us for the last, I think, three or perhaps even four years. Uh, he will join us once again tomorrow morning, the Saints punter live coming up at 7 o'clock. We look forward to uh, talking about uh, the big fundraiser that he's in town for. Also, of course, what a, a year that he had and then how his year and his season finished up with Morstead and then the, the love affair that developed with the Vikings fan base yeah, yeah. with the Saints punter. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It should be pretty interesting. And, of course, uh, Chris Blair will join us for his weekly visit at 8 o'clock. Uh, one other parting shot we mentioned at the beginning of the show is pretty cool. Flip over to the Golf Channel last night, and those, one of those long drive uh, competitions was taking place, and you see Wes Monroe's Alexis Belton out there swinging away and literally uh, gets herself into the finals with a 334-yard drive. Then in the final, she backs it up with a 332-yard drive. She wins that competition, just her second-ever uh, long drive competition. It was called the Clash in the Canyon. And now that uh, qualifies her, I believe, for the World Championship long drive competition, which will be held in Oklahoma. Yes, extremely impressive. Need to have her on our foursome for a scramble. Or have her on the show to talk about it. I will work on that. There you go. Uh, Good show today. That was fun. Certainly appreciate uh, Sonny Ship from uh, 247 Sports for joining us. Saul Graves, Michael Federico, and Paul Guerrero. We'll do it again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.